Today's podcast is a crossover episode from our Football for All podcast, which we've designed for our youth football coaches, commissioners, and parents. We also think it's a good podcast for you, the high school coach who leads his program K through 12. The topic today is prep for contact. And I think it's a very important one here as we go through all of this shutdown and uh, a lot of football programs now have been pushed off to the spring. Uh, some are in question you know, at the college level if they'll be played in 2020 or 21. And the thing that's suffering though is our players. So we're preparing them, but they have not had any contact, some of them, by the time they get back on the field for over a year. It's something that you need to acclimate them to. And one way to do that is this concept of prep for contact, which is really taking off with college strength and conditioning coaches, and they're putting those things into their program. So today's going to give you an overview of that. If you want to learn more about it, I would suggest tweeting at Andy Ryland, our guest today. He's at USA Football MT. Enjoy today's podcast. You take youth football. But then you fast forward 20 years. What that guy's gonna remember 20 years after youth football are moments. We want kids who love football to have the opportunity to play football. There's opportunities no matter your gender, no matter your race, no matter your background. There's no specific box. Looking at, you know, whether it's playing flight football or modified version of the game. I think it's so smart. We're shaping the whole person. We want to make sure that you're a successful person on and off the field. Positive football experiences. So they keep playing and keep getting better. This is Football for All. On today's Football for All podcast, we discuss the topic of prep for contact and joining us to discuss that is the Senior Manager of Education and Training at USA Football, Andy Ryland. Andy, it's great to have you here on the Football for All podcast. Awesome to be here, Keith. I know we've done quite a few episodes uh, previously, but uh, not on this platform, so really excited. Well, this is a topic, you know, we're going to direct this to our youth audience here today, but really it's a topic that applies across all levels of football, this idea of preparing the athlete to be able to receive and deliver contact. It's a, it's a pretty simple concept, but it's something that uh, really has started to take off, especially with strength and conditioning coaches at the college level. Yeah, so we started Prep for Contact uh, as a program aimed at the youth as part of our football development model. Now, some of these ideas came from my experience, uh, kind of with high-performance sport, and then uh, just through some connections and friends, started doing some chats, and the college strength and conditioning community was really interested in it as they looked to prepare their guys from the rigors of free, for a free season. So it's something that can grow with the athlete throughout their whole athletic career, from you know a flag football player uh, just learning basic physical development and the ability to go to the ground in a safe and comfortable way all the way up to you know the high level lineman who needs to be prepared for the rigors of you know fighting another large human being for 75 snaps a game yeah it's it's something when you think about all the things we do to prepare for the season you know we we um you know we work on our footwork we work on our hand placement we work on catching the football, throwing the football, all those different skills. But the idea of being able to, to prepare the body for contact is something that 
you know, not a lot of people talk about. So um, I guess if you could, Andy, give us an overview and our listeners an overview of, of exactly what kind of things go into this protocol of prep for contact. Yeah. So obviously contact is highly skill based and we want to do an awesome job teaching the skill, but all skills also have a physical foundation, you know, whether it's the ability to accelerate and decelerate, you know, uh, for a receiver getting in and out of cuts, uh, the same holds true of contact. So we started looking at what are some of the physical qualities that really support contact skills. And then we came up with a, a series of games, activities, and drills that we hope to target uh, those varied specific qualities. So things like postural awareness. Uh, and so not just you know general body awareness, but specifically for our contact skills, postural awareness is a great example. I think everyone who's coached, uh, especially youth football, knows the challenges of, you know, you're trying to tell a youngster, hey, flat back or you're, you're too upright. I need you uh, to lower your pad level. We want a 45 degree angle, bend at your hips, bend at your knees, all those kind of things. And they kind of lack the physical tools to put your verbal words into action. They can't translate your words into actual movements. And because we know how important postures are uh, going into and receiving contact, we want to make sure that our athletes understand what postures are. They can feel different postures, whether it's flat back, uh, horizontal, parallel, upright, uh, understand what neutral spine means, having an arch in their back means, and can they get in those positions? Most importantly, we have to be able to teach them to get in and out of those positions as they would on a game field. So, you know, they have to do a, a movement skill, they have to run, they have to jump, they have to do this thing. And all of a sudden, when contact comes, they need to be able to find these great postures. Well, do the athletes have the ability to do that? And then in contact, you know, all the forces and we're leaning and pushing and driving, uh, do they have the strength required to hold those positions? And while we can talk about the weight room work and some of the traditional stuff that develops, you know, their maximum strength, we need to look at, do they have the kind of the operational strength or maybe the non-traditional strength to apply it to some of the uh, positions they'll be in on the field. And so we think we can develop a set of exercises and games really uh, that help kids start to learn these things about their bodies so that as a coach, um, the prep for contact aspect really means they have the physical tools to be able to learn the technical skills. And that's how we start out at the lower levels. And then as, as players progress, you know, we start looking at uh, physical contact as a, a new stimulus. So just like sprinting, just like conditioning, we're going to put this new physical load on the body. And if all you've done is traditional weight room work uh, and maybe some get, some running, uh, are the players ready for those impacts and the collisions as it you know works on fatigue and uh, on the body and so that we're prepared physically to get through a camp with good high-quality training we make it to the season in the best possible shape to kind of perform and excel. So Andy, in, in looking at this, prep for contact, like anything in the FDM, is part of a progression um, for youth football. When do you feel this is something that athletes can start working on? Yeah, I, I hope the name doesn't, doesn't scare anyone away because I, I really do view it as, as general athlete development. Um, you know, but flag football players are going to go to the ground too, whether it's 
you know, two players competing for a pass, whether it's, uh, you know, reaching and lunging for a flag, you may lose your balance. So, you know, with the flag level, we can start as simply as uh, falling and tumbling and getting athletes used to going to the ground, giving athletes the tools to effectively and safely going to ground. And even though it's not a contact sport per se, they have to be able to do that well. And then, you know, we can start looking at exercises like crawling, crawling variations, and even some partner grappling drills where the, the skills won't be maybe football specific, but they're pushing, they're pulling, they're trying to, you know, beat their opponent over a line or win a cone or something. And we start to develop the, the physical strength and the body position awareness, understanding of leverage, uh, shoulder level, hip level, what that means to be able to move an opponent. And for the kids, they may just think it's fun part of the warm up or it's fun part of the kind of the daily exercise program and some, some crawling for strength training. But a coach can really look at it as I'm setting the foundations of, of spinal strength, of the ability to uh, flexibility and mobility in the ankle, stability of the shoulders that's going to help them when they come into con- or the contact. Now, if that player never comes into tackle football, uh, developing that body awareness, body control, that general strength, that's going to benefit them in, in whatever sport they, they play. And if they turn to a, a second baseman or a shortstop and they have to dive for a, a hard hit ground ball, whether they play soccer and have to slide tackle, whether it's a basketball player boxing out, those general skills that they learn through those exercises will carry them through kind of their entire sporting career. But for us, I think it's, it's also vital that it can, it can serve two purposes. You know, it doesn't have to be either or. We can develop great athletes, but also with a specific eye towards these are the fundamental foundations of physical stuff that will go into making great blockers and tacklers because they're going to have to execute these just with a, a sharpened sword that's going to be the specific technique. I think to be able to paint a picture of this for everybody and understand how it's really going to progress as these athletes get older and what it might look like down the road if they make it to you know, the, the higher levels, high school, college, uh, even beyond that, what's being done or how have the college strength and conditioning coaches that you've worked with implemented this into their programs? Yeah, so so very similarly. Now, we would expect, you know, a, a high school coach who, you know, who's running their off-season program that most of the players on your team would have, have learned to go to the ground in some way, shape, or form. Uh, so maybe they don't need the teaching of, of some of the basic tumbling but we're going to do some basic tumbling drills. And, and you can think kind of of each tumble as kind of a, a micro collision almost, right? They're, they're bumping their shoulder, their hip, they're rolling on the ground. They're getting their body, uh, you know, the old coaching term calloused to like uh, those, those little impacts. And then when football season comes and a pile goes and they go down, they know how to roll, how to do it effectively. They start to build up some robustness in the upper body. Uh, you know, we look at the the demands of the shoulder specifically, we'll say for offensive and defensive line players who are engaged in, in these big hand fight battles. Well, again, bench press, shoulder press, our traditional exercises are awesome for what we would call maximum outputs, maximum strength. But sometimes you got to be put in those combative situations where you, you kind of grind and fight and work for a position to get some uh, specificity. And so we can have our players crawl, do 
crawling variations and get into some of the grappling where they start training their upper body to resist those forces in a manner that's just one step similar to football. So that what happens is the, the gap from weight room to sports isn't quite as big because we've had this tumbling and grappling phase. We're building the bridge, adding just a bit more specificity. So now the first week of preseason doesn't feel like such a shock to the body because those guys have been engaged in some of those uh, competitive battles where, you know, in the off season, uh, most of our drill work is, is very, we'll say low intensity. I mean, I know the players are focused and working hard, but, you know, just punching a shield isn't going to replicate uh, to, you know, large offensive defensive line players uh, refitting and consistently battling for those positions. Uh, so we can build up the specific tolerance to the workload that's very uh, uh, useful to their position. You know, with our, with our high collision load players, uh, offensive defensive linemen, maybe a, a tight end, a fullback, an inside linebacker, depending on your system, you know, think about how much of their high uh, high intensity workload. It's called repeat high intensity efforts is the term in the literature, but isn't actually running based where, you know, your offensive lineman may only cover half the distance uh, from a total yardage standpoint as your skill players do, but they're engaged in these high intensity, high muscular work kind of battles. And that's going to have an effect on their conditioning. So at the advanced levels, we can actually tailor the conditioning to meet the demands of having to push and move and fight another 300-pounder through some of these uh, uh, unique activities. And then those same activities for the kid might just be a fun way to learn how to move another human being so that they're more open uh, to the teachings of, of your offensive system. And it can really do wonders for the psychology of getting them used to the frictions and pressures of being player to player uh, before you actually try to implement um, blocking techniques and tackling techniques when, let's say, maybe a player is kind of uncomfortable uh, with that, like you said, that friction of, of somebody trying to uh, beat you and push you and move you. So it's the same drills. Obviously, we're a little more intense and they get slightly more complex, but the same concepts uh, you can just tweak and apply uh, for an athlete's entire football journey. You know, Andy, growing up, I could think our prep for contact before we started playing tackle football was tackling somebody on the blacktop. So when we got to that point where we could play on grass more, that was definitely uh, easier. But I could see right now how something like this is important where we don't have that free play necessarily as much anymore. Kids are inside playing video games and doing all those kinds of things. And maybe you don't see the rough and tumble world anymore. So again, whether that's the youth level or again, scaling that up to uh, the college level, I think some of these are things are important time investment in it, whether it's youth football practices, uh, flag football practices, or uh, those upper levels in the weight room, how much time is required to really uh, get players ready and get them used, their bodies used to uh, some of the contact forces that are going to be put on them when they hit the season? Yeah. So first off, I, I love what you said about the rough and tumble play. And, you know, we could go down the rabbit hole on, on current situations, but you know, maybe if there's not other kids in your neighborhood the same age or you don't have siblings or maybe even if you do, kids tend to not rough house quite as much anymore. Uh, you know, gym classes are being cut in schools and that sort of thing. So 
as a football coach, uh, you know, we're, we're kind of making up some of that ground. And that's where, I, to your point, this is incredibly uh, important. You know, I learned to tumble and, and go to the ground, jumping off swings, but maybe parents aren't allowing that anymore. Uh, when it comes to time investment, uh, the term I like is uh, microdosing, where this is something you can do every day uh, in really small doses just to make sure your players are getting exposed and uh, have some experience in it. Generally, what I tell coaches is, um, you know, in our FDM practice plans, we have like a, a five uh, minute block that's normally dedicated to athletic development. And some days we're working on, you know, jumping and cutting and sprinting. Uh, some days we may work on prep for contact materials, but we're always investing in the youth athletes general development because better athletes tend to make uh, better, better football players. Now, I may introduce a new drill in that five-minute um, athletic development block, but once the players know the drill, once the players understand the activity, it's really easy to move these activities into your warm-up. And that's my actually preferred way to do it, um, is they make great warm-ups. And if you think about the traditional warm-up, we tend to warm up all of the movement skills. You know, we're doing our high knees, our butt kicks, we're, we're doing some skipping, some backpedaling, some shuffling, you know, maybe we do some lunges and some hamstring stretches. We're doing this nice dynamic warm-up, but it tends to be very movement-based. And if we're going into a football practice, you know, you can ask yourself the question, are the, are the youngsters prepared? Are they warmed up for contact? So simply by adding, you know, one tumbling drill, one crawling drill and one grappling drill to the end of all of your warm-ups, you know, you're starting to get that core, you're starting to get kind of the leg, uh, the drive strength in the legs, as opposed to the sprinting uh, work in the legs. You start getting that upper body battle, the grapple, the tussle that our, our offensive and defensive linemen are going to need. And all of our defense players in the tackle are going to have to have that great clamp and squeeze and grapple. So you start warming up those parts of the body and you start warming up uh, the kind of fundamental athletic parts that are going to make up the contact nature of sport. Well, why wouldn't we want those things to be warmed up before our players, you know, go into indies and start doing their block defeat and their tackle drills and all that good stuff. So by implementing a couple tried and true drills that your players are good at, you can put them in the warm up every day. You start getting that micro dose. And then, you know, uh, depending on how often you practice, it could be once a week. It could be twice a week. Uh, you know, we may do some focused work on prep for contact to help develop the athlete and strengthen the body. Uh, and you can, and you can just do that in that five minute block in the off season. Most of the guys that, that I'm familiar with are, are probably doing it twice a week. And I've seen sessions up to, up to 20 minutes. So like on a, on a conditioning day, you know, they may, uh, uh, do some of their, their movement based stuff. Maybe they're running tempos, maybe they're, you know, running whatever sprints they have programmed for the day. And then they may have a 10 to 20 minute uh, section that's going to be crawling and grappling to kind of uh, get the body ready. And you can do it year round. Uh, you probably choose exercises maybe that are a little less physically taxing. And then really that last training block right before preseason camp starts, we're going to up the intensity of the crawling and grappling, more challenging drills and get the body really prepared, as we mentioned, so that the jump from the last week of training isn't such a huge jump into the first week of football practice. 
you know, you think uh, an offensive lineman may uh, take 500, 600, I don't know, a thousand punches uh, during, during a practice, you know, when they're working on their technique and if their shoulders and upper body isn't prepared for that kind of load, you know, their shoulders are sore, their bicep tendon hurts, their, you know, their upper back is a little cranky. And when you start feeling that soreness and those kind of nicks and, and, you know, not injuries, but you just feel a little beat up, you start missing out on high quality training. And we think we can help bridge that gap in that last training block by, by adding some of these into a, to a heavier dose, but year round, we're micro dosing just a little bit all the time. And again, like I said, I really like just throwing it in as a late stage warm up, right at the end of warm up to get the, the team kind of switched on and ready for what's coming. Where can parents, players, coaches find some of these resources on prep for contact? Yeah, so uh, in the, the USA Football app that uh, is now out and kind of supporting FDM and our, our age-based progressions, uh, we have the prep for contact drills that are in there. So coaches can follow along with some of our recommended starting places uh, for different athletes. Uh, that, that app also has drill progressions in it, you know, ways to make it more challenging, uh, ways to make it less challenging based on the uh, abilities of your athletes. And then in our contact manual, which is one of our uh, PDF print documents, uh, which includes all of our blocking, block defeat, and tackling skills, uh, we have included a section on prep for contact uh, because we wanted to make sure we were reinforcing the idea that we need to be develop the physical foundations of contact skills in conjunction with techniques. Because if your players don't have the ability to uh, hold positions to stay square, to resist outside forces. Uh, it's not really going to matter what your coaching cue is, right? If the, if the youngster can't hold the position, uh, it doesn't matter what you say. He's physically unable to do it. So if we can develop these things concurrently, uh, we think we'll be able to produce uh, the best blockers, tacklers, and, and block defeaters because the, uh, the youngsters have all of the things needed to do it well on game day. And then for the upper, upper levels, uh, we've been featured on, on quite a few uh, podcasts, again, mostly with some collegiate strength and conditioning coaches. Uh, but we've been featured on some podcasts talking about this subject uh, at the higher levels and kind of those you know, high school coaches, advanced level coaches can check those out. But as a youth coach, I think the setup we have in our manual and drills app gives you a, a pre-framed uh, progression and framework that'll be very useful and get you off the ground and running. Andy, the other resource that uh, you and another one of our teammates, Rashad Elby, have been working on uh, is a series of videos um, that is going to continue to uh, come out here as the, the season wears on, the year wears on. And you guys just address different aspects of tackling in uh, the name of the series that's called The Tackleticians. Talk to us a little bit about that series. Yeah, so uh, Tackleticians is, is a really fun new video series we're doing at USA Football where we're looking at specific techniques in and around tackling, and we're trying to troubleshoot the most common issues uh, that coaches, uh, coaches are having. Um, episode two, which we, we just launched, was actually on how do you practice tackling without tackling in this current COVID situation. And we addressed uh, quite a bit on the prep for contact stuff because, you know, if you're not allowed to be within six feet of people, you, you can't tackle, but you can still crawl and tumble and get the body ready for the tackle training that's going to come later. 
so we uh, take questions from kind of our, our audience out there on Twitter, and then whatever's the most popular um, issue that coaches vote on that week, myself and Coach Elby uh, will address it and give some thoughts, some ideas on common mistakes we see, what are our favorite fixes, and then point coaches to resources to help them be able to troubleshoot uh, the different techniques and skills inside of becoming a great tackler. Andy, I know the other place where you're pretty active and share a lot of resources is on Twitter. How can our listeners uh, follow you on Twitter? Yeah, I'm uh, at USA Football MT. Uh, so MT stands for Master Trainer, but USA Football MT. Uh, I've been programming or talking a lot about prep for contact because we've been in the summer off season. As we get into the season, I'll probably move a lot more of my content towards. Uh, the actual game and the skills of tackling and some schematic applications of, of tackle stuff, but uh, very active on there. There's quite a few drills. You can see me rolling around in my garage during, uh, during the isolation lockdown, demonstrating some, some activities and drills and, and always happy to answer questions or help anyone out. You can, you can reach me uh, on that platform really pretty easily. For all of our resources on the football development model, go to fdm.usafootball.com. Check out the links to related content, some of the podcasts we've done with Andy on Coach and Coordinator in our show notes. Andy, as always, great to talk ball with you, and I look forward to having you back here on the podcast in the future. Thanks for having me on, Keith. Always happy to talk this subject. It's one of my kind of current passions, and hopefully coaches will reach out with any questions or ideas love to help support their work on the field and and as always appreciate everything you do for the game and giving me the opportunity to share a bit thank you for your interest and support in the football development model we cannot create a stronger sport without you head to fdm.usafootball.com to get involved we'll see you next time on the football for all podcast